everybody. Welcome to the Northern Logger Podcast. My name is Erin Kessler. On today's episode, we talk with procurement forester Paul Snyder about Bailey Lumber, a major hardwood lumber producer here in the northeastern U.S. During the interview, we cover a variety of topics. Paul speaks specifically about Bailey's Boonville operation, his experiences as a procurement forester, how the industry has changed in recent years, and the current economic climate. He also offers some great advice for young people who are interested in getting into the forest sector. So quick disclaimer, we recorded this podcast on site and hence there were a lot of trucks and heavy equipment moving around. So you may hear the familiar sound of beeping trucks backing up throughout the podcast. My apologies. Hopefully it just makes this episode all the more familiar and realistic for you. We're here with Paul Snyder. He's a procurement forester at Bailey Lumber Company, and we're at the Boonville Sawmill located in central New York, one of its many sawmills in the Northeast. The lumber company also has several mills, concentration yards, and kiln drying facilities throughout the eastern United States. So it's a big operation, and its headquarters are in Hamburg, right? Yep, Hamburg, New York, near Buffalo. So, Paul, can you... Tell us a little bit about the origins of Bailey Lumber. And also, firstly, can you briefly introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do and how long you've been working at Bailey Lumber? I'm a procurement forester with Bailey. Uh, I started out as an intern um, in the summer of 1997 and was hired on full-time in 1998 when I completed school. About 24 years that I've been a full-time employee at the Boonville location. I've been buying timber and logs uh, for this location for for all those years. I've helped out uh, with projects at our other locations, but mostly work out of Boonville. Um, I live just to the south of here. Uh, Grew up in Western New York, but have been here for uh, longer than I lived in Western New York. Uh, you said Bailey has the facility here in Boonville. Mm-hmm. Most of our lumber goes to Smyrna to be dried, okay. uh, where our dry kilns are. But we also have uh, other mills under the owned by Bailey Lumber, but maybe under different names in the Northeast and Midwest. So we're we're a small mill here in Boonville, but a large company. Right. Which right. which is good. We have the resources to uh, to make happen what needs to make happen. And about how many sawmills and other facilities do you have throughout the U.S.? In New York, there are eight sawmills total owned by Bailey, and it's in the mid-20s that are owned uh, sawmills that are owned by Bailey in the U.S. And do you know about how many board feet of lumber you process each day or each year? The, The New York mills... I believe it's well over uh, 100 million. Per year? Mm-hmm, per year. What type of tree species do you so, use? So we're a hardwood company. The Boonville Mill, our primary species is hard maple followed by soft maple. Okay. Um, we do a lot of cherry, yellow birch, white ash. Out of the Boonville Mill, we do not get a lot of red oak, but we do a little bit of it, a little bit of white oak. But we're a hardwood mill. So the, okay. and, and Boonville, the, this area in northern New York is known for its hard maple. Right. And about like how far away does the lumber come the, from? The Boonville Mill procures about a hundred mile radius of Boonville. Okay. Um, but as we've grown and acquired other companies, um, our territory has changed a little bit. 
Okay. Um, just made more sense for the lumber to go or logs to go to the other facilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we're, like I said, about a hundred mile radius, all the way up to Canadian border, out to Eastern New York, Western New York, Central uh-huh. New York. Right, right. So we kind of follow our loggers around that we purchase logs from and uh, our standing timber that we purchase usually goes to the, the mill that makes most sense for it to go to. Uh-huh. transportation wise right right and just to rewind a little bit how did bailey lumber come to be how did it all get started so bailey was started uh by a gentleman named james bailey i believe in 1923 and he was purchasing lumber off the docks in buffalo shipped in from oh. the midwest and oh, wow. then okay selling it to uh, furniture companies in western new york his first employee Don Meyer was his first lumber salesman that he hired, and mm-hmm. now his son Jeff Meyer is the president of the company. So it's a family-owned mm-hmm. company, um, mm-hmm. almost 100 years old. Right. So they started right. out just buying and selling lumber, and as time has gone on, have gotten into the sawmill business also. Wow. And you mentioned that 2023 will be the company's 100-year anniversary. Yes. Yes. So it's been. Oh. Uh, I was here for the. Uh, 75th anniversary and okay. now, now it's 100. So we're a lot bigger company than we were okay. 25 years ago. Um, I've really watched the company grow and especially the last 10 years, the company has really grown. So in what ways has it changed since you've been here? Uh, we've acquired a lot more sawmills, more staff, taken technology, computer technology, and really integrated that into what we do every day. Okay. Uh, the logs are still scaled the same, uh, purchased the same, the trees are scaled the same, but the logs are still sawn the same, but the process of selling and, and keeping track of the lumber inventories and mm-hmm. the financial part has really changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would you say you've modernized quite a bit? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. The record keeping has really modernized Okay, and in, it, in the accounting part. It's become more efficient? I think so. Yeah. Challenging, but more efficient. <laughs> yeah, okay. I wanted to ask about your market. What are your markets and how are they doing these days? So we're, we're in the hardwood business, so our markets are tied a lot to housing. And, okay. and the housing in the last few months has, has suffered a bit with the interest rate hikes. Mm-hmm. But the markets are still are good. Uh, a lot of our wood goes domestic, some goes overseas. So they have a lot of customers that are uh, long-term customers. So Bailey's will be selling to those. A lot of kitchen cabinets, furniture, flooring, everything that a hardwood goes into. Right. So plus the industrial sales, the, the pallets, the cancerero ties, they're mm-hmm. pretty strong still. Mm-hmm. So everything's moved on a pallet in the country. So we, we need a lot of those. You have a lot of domestic markets, but you also have overseas markets as well. Yes. What's the percentage uh, breakdown? I think it has changed since COVID. Last I knew we were probably 60% domestic, 40% overseas. But that, okay. that's in flux. It depends on what's going on in the world. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. With, with their financing and right. wars and what have you that happens in the world. Yeah, so yeah. So we're always looking for new places to sell into, you know, the taste and preference of different parts of the world. But mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. luckily for us, the domestic market's been strong in the last few years, and we mm-hmm. produce a, a lot of domestic-type species. Right. We'll stay here in the country for kitchen cabinets and flooring and stuff. I saw on your website you have some of it's translated into Chinese and Spanish too. And Asia is a big market for okay. for all the the hardwood companies. 
Right, so right. Okay. we have people that are in China and we have people that specialize in the, the Asian trade. And also Europe is another big area. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. One thing I find interesting, different parts of the world prefer different species. The Asian market prefers cherry, uh, oak, and ash. Okay. Europe usually prefers the white oak. And then the domestic markets are usually your hard maple, your soft maple, your yellow birch. So I guess it depends on what's trendy in that part of the world. That's or... true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what their economy is doing and how it's doing. We are trying to let our suppliers know what the market looks like and where it's heading. Uh-huh. Try to help them make decisions on, on where to go next or what to purchase or whether it be equipment or, or timber. You know, we're changing up a little bit how we saw, maybe making Uh a little more railroad ties, for example, to take advantage of that market now. So we're just always looking at maybe where the trend might head to next and try to to get a jump on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How has Bailey been managing inflation and also the the slowdown in home building, the recent home building slowdown? We've been trying to... um, to manage our inventory, our purchases coming in so we don't over-purchase. Okay. Um, we're, hmm. Maybe that means not starting a timber job that we would have started, maybe holding off on that a bit, trying hmm. to target species that may be selling a little bit better on timber jobs. We've had to pay more because of the fuel pricing hmm. to, to our truckers, to our, to our cutters. So that, that's actually been a detriment to us. We've tried to look ahead and say, hey, this looks like where the market is going and maybe target those species. So it's been challenging, um, especially for our, I mean, Bailey's a fairly big company, but our suppliers are all smaller companies and it's really hurt them. Yeah. Fuel costs have hurt them. The labor costs have hurt them. Mm -hmm. Insurance, everything has gone up. Yeah. Repair and maintenance. And part of it's just listening to them. The guys, the loggers need someone to talk to. And a lot of times yeah. that's, that's the procurement forester, just right. to, to hear them out and uh-huh. you know, hear what their problems are and try to help them out a bit. And is Bailey eating those higher costs and fuel costs, or do you also pass some of that along to your clients? Like a lot of agriculture, we don't set the price. The market sets the price for the product that we're selling. It's the same as corn or soybeans or agriculture, just in another form. Yeah, I guess we're eating the cost on some. Maybe we just say no on some purchases because it's it's too expensive. I was curious to know your thoughts on the forest products industry in general, what you think about the future of logging and sawmill operations, like other industries, construction, and especially logging. I think people are worried that there aren't enough young people joining the industry and they're worried about the aging workforce. Do you see this happening with lumber mills too? Or how are you, you what do you think about this? I absolutely (laughs) do. And you you kind of answered the question. We have an aging workforce. It's extremely expensive to get into logging. Uh It is a dangerous occupation. Yes, we have struggled with employment, employees in the sawmills um, because Mm -hmm. there's other opportunities. Mm-hmm. And where a lot of sawmills are located in the country, it's rural areas and people aren't living in the rural areas anymore. Right. But my bigger worry is the loggers that produce the logs. A lot of our contractors are a family operation of some sort, dad and daughter, dad and sons. And the next generation, we have some coming in and we've really tried to cultivate the younger people that we have. 
mm-hmm. coming into it, uh, right. but it's a struggle. Forest products business, I mean, the sawmills will just continue to integrate more technology, automatic stackers, automatic banders. Okay. The, the sawmills will become more efficient that way. But right. logging is still takes people to run the equipment. Now, on right. a bigger note, you know, we have all the talk about carbon sequestration and everything that goes on with that. Well, when you make a table, we're sequestering oh. carbon in that table. Right. The, the tree is cut down, but we're... So I think we have a, a message and a good message to send out regarding that mm-hmm. environmentally. The renewable resource. Right, um, right. They grow back. So I think the bigger picture, we have a, a good future. Okay. Getting people to be able to supply our product is going to be the challenge. Just a side note, I saw you have a lot of posts on your social media of, of interns um, yes. sharing their experience here. Just like I was an intern, that was a great experience for me. I got to learn about the company. They got to learn about me. Mm-hmm. It's worked out, obviously. A colleague of mine started at our Smyrna Sawmill at the same time as an intern. Oh, wow. Um, and he's still there, too. Okay. Um, I think internships are great. I also think just finding a mentor or a a logger, owner of a logging company that's willing to give you a chance, show up, work hard, show interest, and I think guys should be interested in, in the person. I wish we had more training programs mm-hmm. in our schools uh, mm-hmm. for for logging. I know certain parts of the country do, but it, it is hard work, and I think the days of having a lot of neighbors that were loggers have probably come and gone. So a person just has to take the initiative and, and search mm-hmm. out a logger and hopefully they give them a chance. What would you advise someone to do if they want to get into the industry? Should they go to university or just start working after uh, I think that graduate? depends on the person. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I went to school. I, wasn't, I didn't even know when I went, initially went to school that there was such thing as a procurement forester. Right. So that was good. I, I learned <laughs> yeah. that in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a speaker come in from actually this company. Uh, he's okay. retired now, but he was uh-huh. out of sawmills. He gave us the introduction to procurement. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I initially went to school, I'd just come out and be a forest ranger. Oh, and really? I, that's what I thought you did. <laughs> so going to school was good for me. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot about I learned my colleagues. It's a tight knit group. We even though they may be competitors we went to school together or we know somebody that knows somebody. Um, so school isn't for everybody. You just, you gotta feel out what works for you. Maybe BOCES is, is a good avenue. Maybe a two year school is a good avenue. There's just a lot of different ways that you can go about it or yeah. just going to work. Go to the Woodsman's Field Days, go to different trade shows, uh, the uh-huh. Vermont Expo, get a feel for what's out there. This episode is brought to you by John Deere. Unlock your potential and experience a new level of innovation with our latest operator assistance feature, Intelligent Boom Control. With IBC, operators no longer need to control each independent boom joint separately. One joystick moves the boom tip horizontally, while the second guides it vertically, allowing for consistent and smooth operation. The end result is a better experience for all loggers, easy to learn functionality for new operators, and enhanced productivity for experienced ones. Intuitive and accurate, IBC is the smart way to take control of the forest. Raise your game with IBC. Innovation never felt so easy. And so what's a typical day like for you as a procurement forester? Um, if I'm gonna buy logs, I 
usually have set up the appointment with the logger. We'll drive to the location, meet my truck driver there. He mm-hmm. does what they call swinging the logs. He presents them to me. Okay. I grade, scale them, tag them, complete the purchase, complete the paperwork, pay for the logs. And we may have a second appointment of the day. A lot of times we do. So we'll go maybe drop the logs off the mill if it's local to Boonville and go to the second appointment. Or we mm-hmm. may just go to the second appointment and scale mm-hmm. the wood. If I'm looking at timber, again, I, I do a lot of driving. Yeah. Spend a lot of time in my truck. Okay. So I'll go to the woods and, and start cruising the timber, marking the timber. Uh-huh. So, and, and work till I get tired in the afternoon and head home. <laughs> right. So there's some flexibility. Yes. Yes. I make job. my own schedule. Okay. So okay. people contacting me with the available logs, I may contact them. If I hear about some logs somewhere or a timber lot, I may do a cold, cold call on somebody. You know, we are kind of a salesman too. And about like how many logger crews are you sourcing from? I am guessing that I probably buy from 25 in a year's time, 25 to 30 different crews in a year's time. But I'm real steady with probably between five and 10. A lot of my material comes from from that many. Okay. So I have people that just cut wood in the wintertime. I have some that just cut wood in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Um, Some that just cut some near tax time. Okay. So, <laughs> I see. So I have, you know, different crews. I have crews that have multiple skidders, feller bunchers, uh-huh. lots of log trucks, and I have crews yeah. that are cutting with a tractor. Okay. So I, right. we deal with all different size crews. Some of them you work with once a year or? Some once okay. a year, some once a week. Yeah. <laughs> so so okay. we have a lot of different, you know, it's the, that 80-20 rule. So okay. 80% of my product comes from 20% of my my vendors and do you usually buy an entire lot or an entire like loggers load and um take all of it or do you select the certain species that you want usually the loggers that i do a lot of business with know what we want yeah we want a better log we want the grade logs right so they're sending the pulpwood to the pulpwood paper company the chipwood the firewood so they're most of the time sorting out the log that works best for us and right. they do the best with us on. Right, um, right. Some people will buy everything from, I guess it depends on the situation, but mm-hmm. most of the time they've picked out what I want. A lot of that's just education on, on our part. The other log buyer, Aaron Hutzinger, and myself out of Boonville, we try to work with the loggers, show them what we want. And they're smart guys anyways, so they, they have a good idea. People we deal with have a good idea on what logs are. Does Bailey own any forest land? Bailey owns a little bit of timberland, not much, and we've done some harvests on it. I've marked harvests over the years on it, but we, we don't own a lot of timberland. My last question is, um, what do you see on the horizon for Bailey? Guessing that there'll be continued growth with Bailey. They've got a lot invested already. They're trying to upgrade some mills. They look at every mill individually and, and see what works best for that sawmill. Okay. Like every business, Every company, some people retire and other companies take over or buy their mills. And that's what's happened a lot with the mills that Bailey's bought in the last few years. There have been Mm -hmm. retirements or no successors for that company. So Bailey's done business with them already and come to own them. I see that probably continuing. Okay. Um, Probably more technology. Right. In the companies. Right, right, right. And a lot of the same. Yeah, a lot of the same too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The cycle of the markets will right. keep happening and right we have ups we have downs yeah um, i've seen a lot of them over my years and mm-hmm. i imagine right, we'll still right. continue to see that i think labor right. 
going into the future, labor is still going to be a struggle. So there's going to be more uh, machinery put in to mm-hmm. try to counteract that. Mm-hmm. Less of the lumber will be handled by people and mm-hmm. more by machinery. From what I've heard from other people in the industry, sawmills around the northeastern part of the U.S. are shutting down or in kind of a decline mm-hmm. as the owners retire. So there's less than there was, you know, before. Right. But Bailey seems to be going in the opposite direction. I, I think like every maturing industry, there's going to be less but bigger. Yeah. It's the same as dairy. I have a farming yeah. background and same as dairy farms. Okay. There's, right, right. you know, less actual dairy farms, but the ones that are there are bigger. Yeah. And that's going to happen in this business right, too. Right, right. Scaling up. Yes. Economies of scale is, yeah. is what it comes down to. Well, do you have any other final words before we go? Oh, welcome to the Northern Lager. <laughs> Thank um, you. Everyone I've met has just been really welcoming and, and helpful. It's a great <laughs> industry, hardworking people. A small but large industry. We all yeah. kind of know each other. It's been a good good career so far for me. Oh, that's great. Glad to hear. Um, Well, thanks so much for your time. And it was great speaking with you. Thanks for listening to the Northern Logger podcast, a production of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor magazine. You can read my featured article, a look at Bailey's Boonville operation with Paul Snyder in the October 2022 issue of the Northern Logger. You'll be able to see some photos there too. If you're not already a subscriber, Visit our website, northernlogger.com, and click on Our Magazine in the navigation bar. There you can see previews of the magazine and subscribe online. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks, and until next time.